Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. Hey guys, today we're so thrilled to welcome back Trent Shelton to the Fools in Love podcast. Trent's a motivational speaker and founder of Rehab Time, and Trent shares his journey and his fire on his own podcast called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And although we've only met briefly in person, I consider Trent to be one of my personal mentors because of his openness and honesty. Trent, thanks so much for being here and for being willing to open this dialogue on racism today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me and uh, you know sharing your platform. It's truly an honor. All right. So I wanted to start with something that we've kind of seen pop up a lot in these last couple of weeks. And that is the thought that it's not the responsibility of black people to educate white people on racism. And while we totally understand that viewpoint, we were just kind of wondering, well, it's a little bit of a three-part question, but first of all, is there a difference between education and conversation? And can white people ask black people to help them understand their experiences with racism in America? And is it ever okay to ask a black person for resources or should we just use the internet? Yeah, so that's a deep question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for me personally, I feel like there's, there's a little bit of both with that. You know, I just, I definitely feel like education and conversation is somewhat different. I mean, education, you can watch a movie, you can read a book, you can research, and you might obtain knowledge in doing that that you might not get from a conversation. But at the same time, when it comes to empathy, right, when it comes to really feeling someone's pain and understanding what they're going through, you're only going to be able to do that through conversation with someone. And so I feel like both of those are necessary. I don't feel like, and this is my thing with this, I feel like that everybody should go on their journey, right? So as far as with white people, I wouldn't say like, just rely on the conversation with someone. If you don't know what's going on, it's like anything in life, right? If I don't know about something, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to watch things. I'm going to learn. I'm going to dive in deeper. Even myself in this, like, I'll be the first one to say, like, I wasn't the world's biggest activist. There's a lot of history that I didn't know that made me, like, look at myself and like, hey, I need to actually learn more about my history. And so I had conversations with my father, you know, him growing up in the 60s. Um, I remember I conversa- had conversations with my grandma. She's 90-some years old. But also watch movies and and also read some books and read articles. So I think it's a combination of all of that. And my thing is this, if your intention is to, you know, help this situation, if your intention is to bring light to this situation, if your intention is that you really want to understand it, then I don't feel like there's no wrong or right way to do that. I think conversation, education, all those things, watching movies, documentaries, as much as you can do to educate yourself and inform yourself, I feel like that's okay. Yeah, and I think for us, it was it was more just, we've talked about this a little bit with our listeners, but it was more just, we were from a primarily white community. And so like, although we knew racism existed, we weren't sitting there thinking it didn't exist. It didn't exist for us. And so like, I didn't, I didn't understand, although it was happening, I didn't have any firsthand experience with people, you know, being racist or that for that matter. But what I've kind of realized with all the the Black Lives Matter and with things coming forward 
more people speaking about it is I was really just living in ignorance because it, it was like this ignorance is bliss, right? So I was like, well, you know, I'm good. I, I realize that's happening and, and I feel bad for that happening, but I don't understand it. So I can't speak to it. And I know a lot of people are coming from that same place. It's like, well, I know this is happening over here, but I'm just going to do my happy thing over here and pretend yeah. like it's not happening until it goes away. So like, what would you say to someone who is kind of living in that place of they just don't know, so they don't touch that, that side of it? Well, the thing is, it's not going to go away. And I feel like we all have to step outside of self. Um, you know, I'm going to use the word empathy a lot in this interview because in a word called altruism, that was actually, uh, it's actually one of my, one of my, characteristics of rehab time and the things we stand for and my values, should I say it's a better word for rehab time, but it's about stepping outside of yourself and really realizing this, like what really motivates me and inspires me is always thinking about the future. And so oftentimes I made a video in 2016. It was the day my daughter was born. It's it, what happened in Dallas. I forgot who actually got murdered, but it's when the police officers got killed. They had a guy out here shooting in Dallas and I made a video about that and i say you know if we don't address this if every single one of you don't look within yourself and say this is on me how can i contribute to this solution how, how am i a part of the problem mm -hmm. then it's going to come to your front doorstep and i think that's what we're seeing now it's it's actually everybody's been affected and i think about the future i think about my kids and so if i don't do my part my kids might grow up in the world that's way worse than this world and so I think when you step outside of yourself and you think about the future, especially as parents, and you say, do I want my kids to grow up in this? Then you can start to make some changes and differences because, you know, I've had conversations, I mean, multiple throughout these days. And it is true. A lot of people haven't experienced it, you know, but I, like I tell people, just because you don't experience it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I had a conversation with one of my close friends and he was like, bro, I don't think racism exists. And I'm like... <laughs> You want me to go ahead and tell you just my stories like of it? Because I don't, I don't never shine that light because I don't want the sympathy too. But a lot of things that I've been through in my life where I've experienced these things. And so make a long story short, he ends up calling me a week later crying. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Trent, I apologize because I just felt what you felt. He went to the gas station and four black guys, he felt like we're really looking at him like that. And he was like, man, like this must how this, this, must be how it feels to be judged or to be, you know, just in that weird space. So um, to, to wrap that up, I would say, you know, you have to educate yourself because if you don't, it's going to might maybe affect your family or maybe affect your children at the end of the day in the future. Right, yeah. right. And I love too that you started talking about kids because we wanted to actually go that route for a minute too. We personally have been struggling a little bit with talking to our kids and it's not because we're afraid of the conversation so much, right? It's because our kids look at us like we're absolutely insane people when we're starting to have those conversations where we're like, hey, yeah. do you know what racism is? Do you understand that like people are treated different based on the color of their skin? Does, do you even under, can you even grasp that a child or an adult or anyone might be totally treated differently just because of how they look? And they're like, okay, like yeah. above and beyond, you know? And then it's funny because we're like, well, that happens and they're like, Right. But, you know, and we're like, but we never treat people differently. We, we would never do that. Right. And they're like, well, obviously it's like they're saying, duh, you know, like, why are we talking about this? This doesn't even make sense. This is so beyond what we can even get. So what are your thoughts on that? Especially as it pertains to younger kids too. Our kids are six and three, but yeah. even I think that that age range, but even younger and even a little older might just kind of be grappling with that. Like, 
what are you even talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you with that. I mean, um, you know, even at Tristan's age, Tristan is 11, and, you know, our coaches football team, and we had this conversation, and they were looking at me like, I don't really get that, you know, because they don't they don't see color like that. They they see everybody equally, you know, especially in elementary school. There's really no prejudices in anything. Like, there's no, you know, maybe if he has a different pair of shoes or something like that, or she does, but there's no separation usually. And the thing I did with Tristan, um, Maya, she's three, but she doesn't really get it. And she and just to see, I think I think kids could really teach us a lot. You know, I actually. Uh, was asking Maya just to see her. I was like, hey, what color is this person? And she was saying the color that they were wearing. Oh, you know, everybody, <laughs> like, that's blue, it's purple. And it's just so beautiful to see that because I believe, like, as a child, I mean, even from faith-based, like, as a child, you know, it's our most purest form. And these things are learned, you know, whether we learn them intentionally or unintentionally. And so when it comes to Tristan, though, we watch, we watch movies. Um, we watch the the hate you give. We watch certain things because Tristan's mixed. And it's kind of a, you know, Maria's Filipino, I'm black. But in this world, you know, he's probably going to be considered a black man just from the way he looks. And so it's a sip, it's it's a it's a weird conversation to have. But now he's starting to understand as he's seeing like, oh, okay, like through my stories or through my dad's mm -hmm. stories or looking on TV and realizing and he's asking questions. So I think it's about being transparent when those questions uh, come up. But at the end of the day, it's about teaching our kids how to love. It's about teaching our kids respect. It's about teaching our kids that everybody's equal. And I think that's the thing we need to do. And if other questions come up, we address it and we say why. So it's it's. I don't think it's a, a right way to do it, but that's kind of what we're doing in our household. As the questions mm -hmm. come up, we address it, but we continue to make sure that their hearts are built upon love and not judgment. Yeah, I really love that. And we I, we tie a lot of stuff back to our kids. It's just funny that you use that as an example. We can use our kids to kind of look to because like in everything in life, if you just look at your kids, even in like, even in just like the daily trials of life, you know, they fall down a thousand times, get back up, dust themselves off and go. If we could take that as adults and run with it, I, I always look to my kids as an example. So I appreciate that for sure. No problem. So yeah, I mean, for us, like, we when when all of this started to come up with George Floyd and all of these conversations came up and we were like, man, like we were just like, we we don't know what to do. Like we were just like grappling with it. We're trying to process it ourselves and, and being on the outside. We're we're trying to figure out like what we should do in its place. And to be honest, there was a lot of fear there. I was just like, I felt kind of crippled because I didn't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing and cause a lot of problems. And I know from following a lot of other influencers, following people out there, like they either said the wrong thing or they didn't say something quick enough. And then now that they have said something, they're just getting torn down and there seems to be a lot of hate. And I just wonder what you would say to that for someone who's just afraid of just saying the wrong thing and, and then, and, or just not saying anything at all. Like, what would you say to those people? Because that it's, there's a lot of real hate out there in, in that regard. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm getting tore up, you know, like people, like when I made my videos, and that's the thing, man. I mean, it's, if you even separate, just take what's going on out. Like anything that you do, there's going to be some type of criticism. There's going to be some people who don't agree. Now, when you put politics, you put race involved, now it's just magnified times a hundred. And so I think as an influencer, as a person with a platform, 
you have to know when you started that you already signed up for that. You know, you have to stand on what's right. And so um, the thing that helped me make my decisions when I do these things is, one, I'm asking myself, if if that was me in that situation, somebody that I love, like, what would I want, right? If that was me, whether it's race, whether it's, you know, talking about something else, if that was me, how would I want people to stand up for me? Like, what's true? What's real? And even when you stand on your truth, it might be wrong to other people, but it's your truth. And so you have to stand for that and realize that it isn't always too about words. I know a lot of people are like, do I say something? Do I not say something? At the end of the day, your life is a reflection. And so how you live your life, how you treat people, what you do. Um, I know people didn't say a word on social media, but they they go hard, you know, for equality and stuff like that. So it's about actions and people are going to criticize you and judge you regardless. But I know it's a scary place to be when people, because this, this is how the timeline was, right? It was like the first week, people were afraid to say something because they're afraid to say something wrong. Then maybe the second week it came around, people were saying something because they were afraid not to say something, you know, getting criticized for being silent. That just tells you like, the world's going to have its opinions. You have to just stand on your truth and what that is and deliver it in your way. Maybe it's a post. Maybe it's donations. Maybe it's getting involved in the inner city. Maybe it's, you know, just being who you are and spreading love to this world. There's no wrong way when you're doing something that's rooted in love and truth. Yeah, yeah, I love that. What's your personal opinion on the celebrities, the athletes, all the people that have stayed radio silent on this whole thing? Um, I, I personally don't agree with it because my thing is this you're a leader and when you signed up for a leadership position i know some people are like i didn't sign up to be a a role model you know i didn't sign up to be or whatever you have to understand that comes with it and you have influence and so it doesn't take much to put out a condolence it doesn't take much to even put you know let's all come together like much at all and so um i just for me and I talked about this on my podcast this week. I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Like, I don't want to have a conversation with my great-grandkids, hopefully great-great-grandkids, and they ask me about this time, and, I, and they, and they, hey, that hey, grandfather, like, Papa Trent, whatever they're going to call me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm researching, like, I saw all these videos, but you didn't say nothing about this. Like, what did you say? What did you do? And so, for me personally, I want to be on the right side of history. But if you have a platform, you have to understand what comes with it. And so whether you're saying something or whether you're doing it, whatever it is, you should be doing something because you're influencing a whole bunch of other people at the same time. Yeah. And I, and I've seen too, just like, just with that to kind of come on the back of that, like I have seen a lot of people try to come out, like you said, as it's gone on, more people have come out to say something. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately a lot of people have said things in the past that were just, I don't even know the words. They weren't, they were ill-advised things to say. They shouldn't have said it. They were uneducated things to say back then. And yeah. people are digging those up now in the context of even 20 years ago, they might've had an experience and then they're getting torn down for it now. Is there, is there a time, or do you just live in that truth or is there a time where they can like come back from that? Even if there was a place yeah. where, where it was, where it was wrong. Cause I have been seeing that too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Everybody deserves redemption. Everybody does. I mean, because there's not a soul on this earth that's walking in perfection. And I know we live in a social media world where everybody likes to jump on the bandwagon of tearing people down. But I think, you know, after you made a mistake or said whatever you said, and you have a track record of not doing that again, then everybody deserves that redemption. You know, even with me, um, 
you know, I had a shirt, and I truly still believe this, and I, I don't know if y'all heard me talk about it, but I had a shirt that said Colorblind, right? That was, like, yeah. our biggest shirt at rehab time. Uh, it was pictured, like, Jesus, and it had Colorblind, and it, and for me, what that meant was, you know, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. You know, see someone's character, right? We don't judge people by the, char- the color of their skin, but the character of their heart, and that's what it meant for me. And that shirt, I mean, sold so much, black, white, male, female, everything. And I stopped selling it. And the reason I stopped selling it because I've had, I had a few people hit me up and was like, hey, like, I don't believe the world should be colorblind. I feel like we should see color. Like we should see someone in their, you know, uh, where they're from, the heritage, the color of their skin, their background, and really make them feel good and uplift them. And I was like, you know what? I can see that. And especially right now. And so I had so many people to ask me to put out this shirt, like put out colorblind. But I'm like, no, I don't want to do it because even though for me, I truly see someone's character before anything else. And that's why I judge a person. I don't want that to be a thing where people can use to say, okay, well, I don't see color at all. And I'm going to dismiss what's kind of what's going on because I think people are using that too. So so yeah, I had to own that too. And people called me, I was like, well, you put out a shirt called Colorblind, now you're telling people not to. And so yeah, I said, I did that at that time and I still believe in that, but I can understand why some people would, you know, not want that to be said. Right, yeah, it's been it's been very interesting for, for us to kind of follow along and see what's been happening on so many social media feeds where, you know, some of them I believe are genuinely sorry and remorseful for their actions. And some I feel like are maybe more of a little bit of a PR thing. Just kind of depends on each person. For sure. You can tell, you can always feel it. I mean, you can feel what's real. Yeah. I just, you can feel somebody who's really apology, a sorry, and then somebody who had, you know, somebody just write something for them and say, put it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that on the podcast about the shirt too. I had heard you say that and I kind of I kind of laughed to myself. I mean, not that it was funny, but but like I used to believe that. I used to think like that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to look at people all the same. Like they're like not even all the same, but you're supposed to be like colorblind like like but then you're trying to say that everyone is the same and to your point, I mean, everyone's different and, and honestly, like it's opened our eyes to to try to to just try to educate ourselves, try to work with more people like yourself, where it's like, you're coming from, everyone's coming from different backgrounds. Like, don't find a bunch of people like us, like get pointed the finger at us for our own podcast, even. Because it's like, we look at our guests and we're like, we didn't have that many people of color, but we're talking to a bunch of people that look like us. So what, like, what are they giving more to our audience than we're already saying, if they're just having the same experience as us walking around, you know, living the same life we did. And that was a real gut check for me because I had to come to the place and realize that like everyone didn't have my experience. It's not the same. And through the conversations I've had in the last couple of weeks, I've really seen that like, Hey, that, that is not true. And so it's made me look at a lot of different things and kind of open my eyes to, to everything. Cause I think in this world, when you start to pay attention to things that you never paid attention to before, all of a sudden they start coming to light and you start seeing them everywhere. And it's like, yeah. it's just eye opening. It's a beautiful thing. Cause you're like, man, I'm woke. I'm woke up. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what was happening. So anyway, I appreciate that too, man, for sure. <laughs> and then, you know, in full transparency, many people and we're included in this just lived with the mindset that if we are not racist ourselves, then we're just not part of the problem. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not a racist. I have black friends. Go me. 
that's kind of like how we looked yeah. at it, right? Like, I'm not saying mean things. I don't believe mean things in my heart about other people. So therefore, it's all good. And we kind of thought that was enough. So for so many people, this so-called resurgence, it's not really a resurgence, but I have lack of a better word there, of Black Lives Matter, you know, how can we do better? And what do you make of that previous belief we had? <laughs> yeah. What can we do now? Like now that we do know better than, than you know, go me because I have black friends. Yeah. So this is the thing that this is just always my thought press process that helps me. Again, it's like, okay, if that was me. So in that process, it's like, think about if you had a friend um, that was going through something, right? And it really didn't have anything to do with you you would really ride for that friend, help that friend, regardless. And I think it's the same in this situation. It's, you know, you might not be obviously, you know, racist or you might not, you know, contribute to anything. But again, it's like, I forgot, I think it was Martin Luther King, right? And I'm paraphrasing this, this is a beautiful quote, but an injustice uh, anywhere is an injustice to everywhere, everyone, you know? And um, I really believe that. So. It's like thinking about it like that to be like, okay, well, if if I truly care for my friends, then I'm going to go to war with my friends, even if even if it doesn't affect me or not. I'm going to stand for my friends. And even if it's not my friends, if I care for humanity, right? If I right. really love people, I'm going to go to war with them as best as I can and do the things I can do to help fight for that situation. So I would tell people to look at it like that. And again, I think the, the the question the the question that can really help everybody in this is ask yourself if that was me. And I know sometimes it's hard to think about that because you might not ever see yourself as as that. But think about that because there might come a point in life and time where it might not be a racist a racism thing for you, but it can be something else. And the thing that I'm telling people is that the same lack of compassion that you're showing people right now don't get mad if that lack of compassion comes back to you. Mm -hmm. And so for people that's like, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter or just people that's like, oh, well, you know, George Floyd, you know, he did all these things and, you know, basically saying he deserved what he deserved without saying that because obviously you can't say that because it's right in front of your face now. So people will try to find other things. And I was like, that same lack of compassion is like, if your mother died and you posted on Facebook, like she died of cancer and somebody was like, well, she should have ate healthier. Or she should have did this or she should have did that. Like, how would you feel? Like, that would, you know, make you very angry. And so I just think about it like that. I think people can start thinking about it like that with compassion. It could really help a lot. Yeah, I mean, you saying the whole thing about the All Lives Matter, I mean, that's the thing I have seen more than anything else when I'm, like, just following along, like, on, on the, whether it's social media, whether it's just talking to people, whether it's someone posting something and taking a stand on it, and then people in all the comments, black, you know, all lives matter. And to me, it's to your point, it's 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 that humanity issue. Like it's and and I the the best way I heard it described is like, yeah, sure, all lives matter, but we're not saying we're not saying that all lives don't matter. We're saying that there's a group of people that believe that black lives don't matter. So we need to step in that place and and take on that and me and Meg were even just to be transparent, we were having a conversation together where we were like, it'd be like if someone told you something bad and you're like, well, yeah, but, and you're looking somewhere else, you know, to say, well, yeah, yeah, that might've happened to you, Trent, but people over here are having a way worse time. So what are you talking about? And it's, I think it's easy to justify that way, 
but I don't believe it's right. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% with you with that. I mean, I think it's clear that all lives matter. We should want that. And like I've been saying, like, if you really believe that, <laughs> if you really want all lives to matter, then you should be fighting for all lives to matter. You should be doing whatever you can to make that statement true. But a lot of people are using it as a rebuttal, right? Or a lot of people are using it as a, as a, you know, the thing that I'm seeing a lot on the negative side is, you know, and to me, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't bother me when people say all lives matter. You know, if they truly believe it, I believe that. I have a, in my spoken word, colorblind, the very first one, I literally said that all lives matter. And I really want that to be true. That's why I'm fighting for it so hard. But the problem we have in, in the world is that we live in a selfish society, right? It's, it's what about me? And that's what's happening right now. We see a lot of people that are like, well, what about me? Like, what about me? I matter too. What about me? And, um, you know, I think that's how a lot of people have been raised. I think all of us at some point as kids, have been raised in that what about me and people are making this about themselves instead of about the bigger picture. I had a guy in my inbox that, you know, he was saying, you know, my, my brother was murdered, you know, by the police and nobody said anything. And he was like, why does this get the attention? And I just told him, I was like, bro, like there's people who've been murdered. My friend got murdered by the cops and he didn't make national news, right? Just some things go big, some things don't. But at the same time, it's like, you should be fighting just as hard. Like you shouldn't be like, oh, black lives don't, black lives shouldn't matter more than other people. And I just told him with my mom with the cancer situation. I was like, that's like me telling like somebody's, uh, you know, that's famous or well-known that's going through a cancer situation that we see all the time. And, you know, they're fighting and everybody's following their journey. And it's like me going on there and be like, well, what about my mom? Like my mom has cancer too. Like she should be like, you know, the spotlight should be on her. And so we have to break that what about me mentality and get outside of ourselves and be able to see the bigger picture and say, this is not about me. This is about humanity and this is about our future. Yeah. And I mean, how much better would the world be and how much further would we be able to take this if everyone just stopped with the what about me and actually for one second made it about somebody else? Exactly. The world would be a lot better place. The world would be a lot better place. That's like the, that's like the fix, right? That's the fix. If we just could get outside ourselves and stop being selfish and really love thy neighbor as we love ourselves. And I know some people don't love themselves, so maybe that's the first step. But, you know, if we can just treat our neighbors like we want to be treated, like literally that is the the step to humanity. You know, it's so simple, but yet it's so hard at the same time because most people are focused on self. Yeah, and, and it takes, it's a really, ultimately it's a hard issue. Like you said, I mean, who knows? Maybe they don't love themselves, but it's a heart issue, which makes it a struggle because anything in life where we have to look in the mirror and look at ourselves can be really difficult. It's real easy to look at other people and see what they're doing, what they're doing wrong, you know, downgrading them to make yourself feel better. But when you are able to look in the mirror and uh, be vulnerable with yourself, that's when you can really open up because ultimately your heart has to change. And that's what's so hard because you can't see someone's heart. Like I can talk to you, I can talk to Matt. I mean, you can't see it. You can only see it through actions. You can't really see it they could be doing the right things but then thinking something completely different so i think you're right i mean if you look at it as that humanity issue and know that you have to like look in the mirror at the end of the day like that's a beautiful thing absolutely so i mean my 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 last last thing i had trent is i really i want to make sure we touched on everything with you when we were talking to you i mean what do you what would you say i'm gonna put you on the spot but what would you say is like the most important thing that you just want people to know about this whole situation and the most important thing they could do like moving forward to just make this world as a whole just a better place 
Yeah. Um, you know, the first thing is what we just talked about. You know, it's not about you. And that's to everybody. And get outside of yourself. You know, stop being selfish. Stop making it about you. Uh, really feel for the next human being as you want somebody to feel for you. And then really educate yourself. Like people are saying the system is broken. The system is operating like it's supposed to be operating. I mean, this has been going on for over 400 plus years. And if you just really just look at the timeline, you understand like just the lack of equality. And there's a lot of privilege, by the way. You know, there's there's not just race privilege, there's class privilege. You know, I have privilege just from the simple fact of who I am. You know, I have certain opportunities that other people don't have. And so if you're watching this or listening to this and you're a person in a position of privilege, you should ask yourself, how can I use my platform or use what I do to give other people an opportunity that they deserve? And so that's why I love to reach out to people, do podcasts, do whatever I can to say, you know what? You're great. You have a talent. You're gifted. I want to uplift you because it's not fair that I get the call just because, you know, I have millions of followers and I worked hard for it. I get that. But at the same time, there's people who work just as hard that don't get the opportunity. And that's just in all walks of life. That's in jobs. That's in whatever. So do your part in uplifting one person, uplifting the next person. That doesn't look like you. Do your part in having a conversation. Do your part of breaking the stereotypes, black or white. Because there's black people who think certain ways about white people because of their experiences with white people. There's white people who think certain ways about black people because of their experiences. And that's what happens. Or what they've been taught. Or what they saw in their house. And so have a conversation with someone that you might not even know to get to understand their life and break the stereotype. And so that was always my thing as a speaker. You know, I always wanted to like, obviously the way I dress is not, was well, kind of normal now, I guess. But like back then, you know, with suit and tie and all this stuff, which that's fine. But I want to break the stereotype because I know sometimes the stereotype that comes with someone who's urban, you know, tattoos, dreads, whatever. Um, I don't carry myself a certain way. But if I have a hoodie on, you know, I've gotten looks. I've gotten people that don't know who I am that will kind of like, you know, if I'm on the elevator, kind of scoot over a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't even have that type of energy. So it's crazy to me that I even still get this to this day. But I want to make sure I break the stereotype. So the next person that you meet that looks like me, that might dress like me, that might talk like me, you will never prejudge them again because of your experience with me. And I think as humans, if we all could do that, because stereotypes are sometimes right. It's the reason it's a stereotype. Sometimes it's right. You know, if a guy is outside of my house with a hoodie and a mask on and I get out the car, I'm going to think he's about to rob me. That's a fair stereotype. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just fact. So we have to do our job to break those stereotypes. And we also have to do our job to make sure we're giving to the world which, which, what we wish to receive. And I think if we just start thinking like that, this world would be a lot better place. The beautiful man, beautiful thing. Well, I mean, for me and Meg, we just want to thank you. I mean, we want to personally thank you just for your transparency, your vulnerability, not just in this, but in everything. I mean, that, while we followed you, I mean, just thanks for being a light in this world. I mean, I, I, I don't even mean that to sound cliche. I mean, I truly believe that you are making a difference just by you impacting us in our world and kind of giving us the tools we need to live this life better and just be a better person, a better human being. I mean, just thank you because I think most people need to, if they're listening to this podcast and they're not following you yet, they need to follow you, your videos. They need to listen to your podcast because it's just made such an impact on us. It's made such an impact on our life. 
And uh, I mean, you have, you have our support for sure. And, you know, like just keep shining your light out there, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys just even being leaders and doing what you do, you know, stepping up. Cause like you said, a lot of, you know, a lot of people in this world right now, some people aren't stepping up, you know, you guys are stepping up and you always have stepped up from what I, from what I know. So I appreciate you both. And, uh, you know, just keep shining your light. And as long as we all shine lights together, right. That's how we get the darkness out. So let's get it. Yes, sir. Let's Thank get you it. So much. Thanks so much, Trent. No problem. I appreciate y'all. All right, man. Hey B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear.